Hello and welcome to another episode of the Craftsman Creative Podcast. Today we've got another Craftsman Creative Workshop and my guest and co-host today is Dylan Redekop. He is the guy behind growthcurrency.net. You can follow him on Twitter at growthcurrency. And we had a wide-ranging and deep conversation about this debate between whether creators should start a blog or a newsletter. What was exciting is that we were also joined by my friend Josh Spector, who has a newsletter with 18,000 subscribers on it and has really been kind of charting a path for creators like myself and Dylan to follow to grow a newsletter in a profitable way. So in this episode, we talk about whether or not you should start a blog or a newsletter, how to monetize your newsletter and blog, how to grow your newsletter and blog, and we even get into things like cross-promoting, increasing your click-through rate, and more. So I'm excited for you to listen to this week's episode of the Craftsman Creative Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by me and my new book. It's called, believe it or not, Craftsman Creative, and you can check it out at the link in the show notes or you can just go to store.craftsmancreative.co. The book is specifically written for creators like you who desire to build resilient, profitable, successful creative businesses that support your creative work. And it just came out last month, and I'm excited for you to check it out. All right, on with the episode. I've been hosting these uh, quasi-weekly. I say quasi because sometimes I just don't do them because I'm traveling or something. So I'm trying to do these once a week where we have these, I call them Craftsman Creative Workshops. And they're a little bit different because they're not high level. They're, they're meant to be detailed and to go deep on a specific topic in an actionable way. So like the people, like you and I for one, but also the people listening can go, wow, I learned something and I can directly apply that to my own creative business. And so that's why I'm super excited to talk with you about newsletters and blogs because you've been killing it. I mean, I think I started, um, I think we met and you had a couple hundred newsletter followers, but why don't we, um, why don't we have you kind of give your bio <laughs> and sure. let people know like why, why you and I are having this debate about well, not you and I, but why we're having this conversation around newsletters, because that's really been your focus the last year. Yeah, very much. So um, a really quick background is, uh, well, I started taking Twitter seriously, and then people say that quite often, and I kind of hate how it sounds, but, you know, I, I actively started engaging on Twitter in summer of 2020. You know, there's there was a lot to do because there wasn't a lot going on <laughs> so uh, in the world outside of our homes. So I just like, well, I'm going to start, there's, I can't, it, there will be no harm in me trying to build an audience here. And so I had no goal or direction really, but I just started tweeting and engaging with people and kind of writing, or uh, I guess tweeting about things that I found interesting. And, um, you know, I started noticing this thing called Substack popping up here and there and people talking about their Substack and, and I looked into it and it was a, you know, this newsletter platform that I thought was kind of cool. And I had started a lot of blogs and websites in the past, and I always found myself, it was just such a heavy lift to um, get traffic to them, uh, continually write them to, you know, basically nobody, or try to write them for the SEO, you know, algorithm, the god, the SEO gods, and get them seen. And so I was like, well, maybe I should start writing, try writing a newsletter, and just see, see if I can grow an audience that way. 
And um, so I started a Substack in January of 2021. And um, that kind of started my, my journey down this newsletter path. Since then, I've grown the newsletter to just shy of 1,600 uh, subscribers about a year later. And um, yeah, it's morphed and it's grown and it's taken a lot of twists and turns, but I've been able to grow it, sustain it. I haven't given up. I haven't quit. I just wrote about this last night in my um, in my most recent edition, and it's been a great journey. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I've monetized it to the point where I've made over $1,000 um, this month alone in ad revenue. So it's uh, it's kind of become a good little side business for myself too. Well, that's incredible. And congrats on that growth and that uh, that milestone's huge. And yeah. I'm just going to put my own personal plug in. Like yours is one of the few newsletters I even allow into my inbox and read it every week because you really do a good job putting together, like curating and re- now re- like, I think initially it was maybe more curation, but now it feels like you've got your own content you're putting in there. And it's a really, really great, valuable newsletter, Um, not just for me as a reader, but like I've also advertised in your newsletter, I think twice now, and it's been successful both times. Like it drives traffic and it drives readers and it's um, like you've built it in a really impressive way. And it's been fun following along on that journey. So thank you. um, Let's dive into a little bit. I'm going to start by reiterating that, like, this is not a debate between, like, me on the blog side and you on the newsletter side, because I'm very much a proponent of both. Some may say that's a cop-out, but um, no. in that context, like, I have a blog, I have a newsletter, I have an email list, I have, you know, a way to subscribe to my blog, like, however you want to frame it or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, I'm very much on the, you should have both um side or middle of things right so yeah. we kind of have become notorious for having this spiky point of view as west cow calls it <laughs> yeah. where like you're it seems like you're constantly harping like creators don't start a blog start a newsletter and you're very kind of black and white with it so let me like let everybody know like where do you, where do you stand where did that come from kind of give us like the lay of the land and then we can go deeper on Maybe some of the nuances there. Also want to just say hi to Josh, say hi to Mike. Our shadow friend is here. Like These are all people that I have uh, become friends with over the last little while here on Twitter. So it's so good seeing you all here. We'll, um, we'll do Q&A and open it up for everybody in about 15, 20 minutes after we chat a little bit. Yeah, second that. Great to see Josh and Mike in here as well at Shadow. Um, yeah, so the spiky point of view is somewhat intentional. Um, I, I, you know, you, you need to be... You need to be a little bit controversial, controversial, I guess, to get some attention, right, in in the um, in the Twitter sphere. So while I say you, nobody should start, I mean, I don't necessarily say nobody should start, but I guess for me, what's worked is the newsletter. I've stuck with it. It's I've been able to monetize it. It's um, it's grown, um, or I've been able to grow it with you know just repetitive, consistent effort. And, you know, people have been able to do that with blogs for decades as well. It's not like blogs don't work and newsletters do, um, or vice versa. But the reason, you know, some of the reasons why I felt like it worked for me and why I feel like if you're at this, you know, the starting point of you want to create online and you want to start building an audience and maybe pursuing a, um, a content creator journey, why I why I'm bullish on newsletters is because, well, there's a few reasons, and I've laid these out in 
um, public before and on on my um, the article I've had, and that, that, that the main one, one of the main ones, is you know one of the one of the main purposes of a a blog um, or getting traffic to a blog is either to sell something or to get people to sign up for um, your newsletter, your email list, right? Get them on your email email list. So I. I just am like, well, why don't we cut to the chase <laughs> and get people to sign up directly to a newsletter? Um, and with, you know, the democratization of these platforms um, or of building a newsletter, I should say, with platforms like Substack and Review um, and even now ConvertKit and Ghost and so on, they're just making it more easy than ever for just your um, even non-tech savvy person to, you know, create an account, um, create a, a Substack account, say. And within 30 minutes, you could have it um, just customize it a little bit and send out your first edition. And yeah, you might be sending it out to no subscribers. Um, but I mean, just about everybody starts, everybody starts with zero. So you've got to you know, put in the effort to get it growing. But, but you're at least starting to publish there. And it's, in some ways, it's no different than a blog. And we could be talking semantics here, and I fully, fully acknowledge that. Um, especially since Substack has like a blog feed type um, feature to it, and most of these newsletter platforms do. But that's also, you know, another reason why I say, well, why not just start, you know, a newsletter then instead? So that's kind of my first, my first, um, I guess, point or my main point of why I think that, you know, we need to consider what we, what our real goals are, um, our business goals and our, um, our content creator goals are when we're, we're considering starting a blog um, and you might be better off to just jump ahead to starting a newsletter. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I think um, what I just got from what you said is a lot of people who are maybe vocally disagreeing with you, the people that are like writing <laughs> blog posts to uh, shoot you down, you know, or, yeah. you, or trying to yeah. tell you a new one are really just getting lost in the semantics of it all. Right. And so totally. I think it is important though, to kind of clarify that they are two different things. Um, they can serve similar purposes and even have mm -hmm. very similar ways of how they're distributed to readers. Right. Because as uh, like Mark said, and you can talk about this post that Mark wrote uh, last week, yeah. Um, but people can subscribe to a blog in the same way they could subscribe to a newsletter. And if your newsletter has an archive that lives online, it's like a blog in that it's evergreen yeah. and, and exists and has SEO and has all of those upsides, right? So yeah. there's, in some ways, it's really just uh, semantics, right? But yeah, to be, um, maybe to be clear, we could say that like, delineating between a newsletter which is strictly an email del delivered to readers and does not exist online and a blog is written and published online but not necessarily meant to be like email first that mm -hmm. helps the conversation a little bit but what i really loved about what you said is that there's direct ways to monetize both of these things and that should play into your strategy as a creator in the way that you're going to de devote your time and where you're going to put your focus. And so a lot of times people will, especially writers online, will think, okay, a blog, how am I going to monetize a blog? Well, ads are kind of, you know, 10, 20 years ago. People don't like to see tons of ads in a blog. So maybe it's affiliate links. Maybe there's a way that they're going about sponsorships or affiliates in a different way. Whereas it's right now, at least in my experience and the way I see the landscape, is it's 
a little bit more generally accepted to have sponsors in a newsletter and people are okay with that and they're willing to see a little plug at the top and then see the content and see a couple of more plugs, you know, for other people. So you've got your main sponsor and your sub sponsors and stuff like that. Is that something that you've thought about um, strategically and you went with the newsletter route because you felt like it was a more direct path to monetization or talk, talk us through a little bit more about like, you know, you saw Substack, you kind of went with that, but as you were getting into this and creating this spiky point of view, um, how do you see the two differently and how is one maybe better positioned for people who want to start monetizing sooner? Right. Yeah, I think um, it's a really good point to point out this, to, you know, highlight the strategy and different strategies for different, um, for different goals. So I think, you know, for me, Josh is in the crowd here and he was one of the first newsletters, you know, I subscribed to where I saw him really effectively using newsletter advertising um to the point where you know you could kind of you could see what he was charging for a newsletter if you went on his you know advertise with me page and then you could see um you know how many editions he had sold out and you kind of could do some quick math and be like okay well there's there's a you know a business case to be made for this um it might not be able to fully replace your your full-time income right off the bat at least but but there's a there's a business case for it and you know blogs like or i should say Newsletters like Morning Brew and the Hustle and the Skim—they've all—they've all gone this route of essentially becoming media businesses, selling selling ad spaces and sponsorships. So, yeah, it's not—it's not a new—it's um, not a new business by any means. But I thought, you know, I was writing a Substack and I was slowly gaining traction to about 600 subscribers, and I thought, well, maybe it's time to see if anybody would be willing to advertise in my newsletter. And so I just, I had heard about Swapstack and I, I wish I could remember where I first heard about Swapstack, but I, I signed up for um, an account with Swapstack. So it's swapstack.co. And um, uh, within about a month, I got my first, uh, I got my first inbound, um, inbound outreach, I guess, inbound request for an ad in my newsletter. And at the time it was a, they were like, what are you going to charge for an ad? And I, I just had one ad spot available. And I said, I don't know, 25 bucks. <laughs> and so they they agreed. And so I got, you know, I got that validation right there that somebody was willing to pay to reach my, my audience of, you know, 600 people. So I saw that there was, you know, possibility, not just because people like Josh were doing it and doing it effectively, but, um, you know, I had the proof of concept right there in my inbox that somebody was willing to pay for me and I thought well where can I take this and so it just kind of been a process of growing it from there offering a few different you know ad locations in my newsletter um and it's been somewhat strategic but also just kind of testing the waters to see what works and increasing prices as things go and I think Darren you were one of the first people I should say that advised I should raise my prices so um so thank you thank you for that um, yeah, I tend and... to do that to most people. <laughs> I forget who it was. I think a, a gal named Michelle that maybe both, both of us follow reached out because I said, hey, I'm going to be sponsoring a bunch of newsletters and I want to put ads out there. And she said, well, I have a newsletter. It's really small, but, you know, like $5 and you can do a thing. I was like, well, here's 50 oh, man. and don't ever say that again. Like I, yeah. her. I was like, don't ever undersell yourself that way. You've got even if you've got 25 people. 
I don't think you should start at $25. I think you need to uh, establish your value from the get-go. So I have been notoriously doing that to many creators like, dude, raise your price. It's yeah. 50 bucks or 25 bucks is not, not acceptable to me. Um, okay. Well, I do want to open it up uh, in, a, you know, in a minute or two. So if you've got questions, I am going to invite Josh here to come on just because you know he's kind of someone I think we both look up to in this space. Um, Absolutely. If you've got questions, um, raise your hand. We'll bring you up. Um, and as we do that, I want to um, I want to know now, Dylan, what is your current strategy? Are you only doing a newsletter? Do you have any of it, you know, online as an archive where it can, you know, buy into this SEO? And do you have links there that are maybe affiliate related? Because I know you do have some affiliate stuff. So what's mm-hmm. your current strategy when it comes to the combination of blogs and newsletters? And then I'll share mine, and then we can open it up. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to touch on this really quick. So my current strategy is in progress. Um, I have a website being built currently that um, you know I'm trying to do it myself, so it's taking a little bit longer than I thought. But uh, essentially turning a lot of my posts, which you see in my newsletters right now, they're linked out to Medium. And I'm going to be essentially taking a, a lot of those posts and putting them on my website to benefit from SEO. So while I'm saying don't start a blog, start a newsletter, I'm also going to be having a blog um, for you know obvious reasons on my website because I'd be kind of foolish not to try to take advantage of SEO and get more people onto my newsletter um, from that side of things. Um, and then currently, people can read my previous editions of my newsletter um, if they go to growthcurrency.net slash posts. And that's just through a ConvertKit feed um, that ConvertKit creates for you when you have a newsletter with them. You can have that kind of that archive feed, almost like a blog roll as well. Brilliant. And just so you know, and the audience doesn't know, that was not a gotcha question. <laughs> but I think it's important for, for all of us to share what we currently do. So Josh, I'm going to come to you in a second because I want to hear kind of your take on all of this stuff. But just so that I can share my strategy as well, I currently write a blog post every week that is very much an SEO like hero type post because I want to fill the first hundred or so posts of my blog with valuable content that's evergreen, that can be searchable, that people can discover me from organic stuff. And I started doing that about six months ago. I currently get about 40 to 50 visitors a week to my blog from organic stuff. So it's working because I started and it was getting zero traffic from um, search. So that's slowly and steadily growing. And then twice a week, I put out a newsletter. So I put out a free newsletter every Monday that A, pushes people or, or, or shares the link to that blog post that goes out on live on Monday as well. And then it's links and updates and uh, things like that. So my newsletter is called BCC, which is, you know, if you think of email, it's like a carbon, a blind carbon copy, right? So it's kind of a behind the scenes sneak peek into what it's like to build a creative business. So that's where that name came from. But every week is different. Sometimes I plug newsletters like yours or Josh's. I've done that in the past or Justin Moore's or other people's newsletters. And I currently don't monetize that newsletter because I have products. So I've chosen to skip the affiliates and the <laughs> and the sponsorships and go straight to products. And so I use my month, my weekly free newsletter to promote, hey, my book is out or, hey, here's an update on the book or uh, there's a course coming out or whatever it may be. And that's how I've chosen to do that. And then I 
now have a Friday newsletter, which is a VIP newsletter for those that got early access to my book and and will be part of the community that I'm building, although that strategy is uh, slowly taking shape. So, <laughs> um, so that's my current strategy, and it's working because I have about a 4 to 5% conversion rate from the email links to my products, whereas if it's a direct link from Google or from Twitter or something, it's less than 1% conversion rate. So getting people into the email list first and getting them the newsletter has proven to be much more um, profitable way to where to, or place to put my focus and effort. So, um, Josh, this I think this is a good time to get you in here if you're willing. Sorry, I kind of put you on the spot, but like, first of all, hi. I don't think we've spoken in person yet or like in via audio just many times through email and DMs. So I know. I, I feel like you and Dylan, all of a sudden I'm hearing your voice. It's a whole new world. Oh no, wait till we get on video. It's it's even different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody was like, wow, I, I finally saw your face in a picture and you're so happy. I was like, I'm always happy. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Uh, what are your thoughts on this um, newsletter versus blog? And maybe share some of your strategy because I know your strategy works really well for you. Sure. Be gentle so, with me. Be gentle with me, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I will be. My uh, my first thought is my. I guess my answer would be both. Um, I I don't understand. Well, I also think. So let me let's talk about the terms, right? So blog to me, it's really not about blog. It's really about like content on website versus content on email, right? <laughs> right. So to me, I don't understand having a blog or putting content on a website that you wouldn't also have a newsletter as a way to drive people there. To me, that seems a, a huge mistake. And I also don't understand vice versa to have a newsletter where your content, you're only going to allow people to access by email also seems like a mistake. So to me, I, I think that it should be both places. And that's the approach that I have taken. Uh, now for me, my newsletter is a mix of original and curated, but it's, I write a blog post every week and I share a quick summary and a link to it. So I'm not doing full text in my newsletter. Uh, and I actually go, my full newsletters are also put on my website and I actually go a step further. I even put each individual curated summary as a standalone post on my fortheinterested.com website. And the reason I do that is not an SEO play. I, I go back and forth with caring about SEO and not caring about SEO. That's a whole other story. Uh, but the reason I do that is because it makes my uh, For the Interested site a really great searchable archive not just of my newsletters, but of every individual link, essentially, that I've previously shared. So if I didn't do that, let's say like I wanted to find stuff I've shared about courses, right? Now, if I search for course, I'm going to find all these individual links to articles I've curated about courses. If I wasn't doing it that way, I would just it would just pull up 20 different issues in my newsletter and people would have to go people and or me would have to go searching through them to find where the course link is. So I, again, not from an SEO standpoint, but from a sort of archive usability standpoint, it makes it super easy for me or other people to find relevant stuff doing it that way. 
Yeah, that's killer, Josh. And I think you you kind of gave both Dylan and I a little nudge to like, oh, we could be doing one extra step uh, further. And Dylan, my feedback from your current strategy is like just using the convert kit, like add to the blog, to, to the public feed um, probably is not enough. I would, I would build it out a little bit more as Josh has done, even as I've done a little bit on your own website where you've got a blog plugin, a CMS, to be able to make it a little bit more searchable, uh, to be able to link between them, to be able to go back and edit those things, whereas you're kind of limited with just the, the public feed from ConvertKit. Um, so, okay, amazing stuff. I would love to hear, you know, we've got a dozen or so people in the room. So if you've got a question about the kind of strategy stuff, or if you've you've got a blog or newsletter yourself and you kind of want to ask, we've got three of us up here now. We'll, we'll include Josh in here because we can all learn from Josh, I think, but um, go ahead, you know, raise your hand. We'll bring you up and uh, you can ask any questions you like. We'll just kind of keep chatting as we, as we wait for that. But hopefully there's some people who've got some questions for us. Um, all right, Dylan. So let's talk about growth strategies. You just put out an amazing, free email series about growing a newsletter. So what's the feedback been like? Like how has the response to that been? And has it helped you grow your newsletter by having a free email uh, series? And, and maybe, you know, what's been the, the, the feedback? How's that gone for you? Yeah, it's gone um, really well. I'm pleasantly surprised with the results of it in terms of, you know, the first day launch got me about a hundred new subscribers to the newsletter, which was awesome. Um, and then the feedback's been pretty good so far. I've had some good constructive criticism, uh, feedback, I should say, as well as a lot of, um, you know, just super positive uh, feedback too. So it, it's been a good learning experience for me because I'd never created a, an email course before. And I've got a lot to learn still on that front. But I knew that if I just kept hesitating and thinking like, ah, I don't know how to do this well enough, I just would never do it. So the most important thing for me was to actually just get it to the point where I felt, you know, comfortable with it. I wasn't necessarily 110% thrilled with the final product, but I knew that there was a, enough value there for a free course that I was sure that pe some people would get some value out of it. So, um, and it seems that they have with the response I've been getting. So I'm, I'm really, really pleased with it. Uh, and it was a great learning experience for me. So it was, uh, it was a win-win-win. That's brilliant. And I think it was such a smart thing to do because one thing that I've seen a lot of people do is come up with different lead magnets like here's a PDF or here's a Notion template or here's something else. And it's kind of a, a mini product. And then they're getting people into their newsletter and it feels like a, a huge right turn. Whereas if you get people onto your newsletter with a free email series, that's what they want more of, right? They're they're okay continuing that journey because you're saying, come in, start getting emails from me. And then if you like them, if they're valuable, if I did my job right, then you can keep getting emails from me and it doesn't come out of left field. So I think it was a super smart thing to do as a lead magnet. Um, I've used my own version of that for the last year or so. I bought the domain masterthecreatoreconomy.com and that's where people, a lot of my newsletter subscribers find me there because that's usually what I push 
when I'm on these conversations or things like that. Like, yeah, I have a book. Yeah, I have courses. Yeah, I have this whole course platform that other creators have courses on. But it's too big of a leap to go from, hey, you just met me. Now buy my book. Or, hey, you just met me. Pay me $1,000 for coaching or whatever it might be. So getting people from, hey, you just met me to, hey, I've got this free, valuable thing that you can read that's going to make your life better in these specific, tangible ways. It's a much better way in. And the feedback is also great because you get instant connection with people. They're responding to your questions in that email series. You know who's reading, so you can kind of reach out to them anytime. Um, It's a pretty cool, smart way to do it. So I really recommend people do like a free email series as a lead magnet, as opposed to a PDF, a Notion doc, something like that. So we've got Karen here. Hi, Karen. We're friends now because we now follow each other. I'd love to hear your question. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Thanks for uh, giving me the mic for a minute. You actually kind of answered my question just a minute ago. You know, I have a a pretty small newsletter. About 300 people are subscribed to my newsletter. Um, It's only once a month, uh, and it is pretty focused on, you know, sort of helping people improve their leadership skills. And one of the things I've been thinking about a little bit lately is how to grow by, you know, giving away more content. I, I don't sell anything, so for me, it's really just a way of sort of gaining more exposure by helping people. And I think your idea around the email courses, I've seen that before and I like that. Um, but I, I guess my question is, if you, if the three of you experts in this, in this space uh, have any sort of singular, this is the one thing you must, should do, uh, for those of us who are sort of new in the space uh, of, of having and writing newsletters, uh, what would you recommend? Well, I'm, I think I'm going to pass the mic to Josh because the way you described it is that it's a newsletter for people who want to improve their leadership skills. So, <laughs> Josh, do you want to take it away? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, well, let me see. So it's tough to say that there, you know, there is no one sort of magic bullet. Um, I'm curious, where, where have you gotten the subscribers that you have so far? Where have those 300 come from? Yeah, so they've been accumulated over probably the better part of a year or two, um, and it's a variety of things that have happened uh, in, you know, the past that has yielded that. I've done speaking uh, engagements. I have it on my Twitter um, uh, profile page. Um, I have used some downloadable kinds of lead magnets in the past as well. Um, Never really did anything super serious to grow the list, though, just casually grown um and and fairly slowly and who would you tell me how you would describe who the target audience is and more specifically like i so i think the key to growing a newsletter is providing value and value is usually transformation so meaning that your audience is at point a they want to get to point b so i'm curious how would you describe who they are and what their point a and point b is So I think I would say that my current audience um, is really folks that are mid to senior level leaders who want to sort of consume uh, leadership tidbits and, um, you know, actionable pieces of leadership guidance. Uh, And I I have sort of... uh, a framework for the newsletter, right? It's it's one leadership concept, one time a month with one guide, tip sheet, or, you know, sort of actionable framework for people. So it's very much around 
do something tomorrow uh, that's going to, you know, sort of help you grow as a leader, help you be a better, stronger leader. Uh, so I think, you know, for me, it's been mid to senior level leaders just because that's primarily the audiences that I'm around. Okay. So a couple things. So I would think about uh, in terms of that transformation, right? So mid to senior level leaders is sort of demographic. I would think about the psychographic. So meaning, are they insecure in their leadership skills? Are they uh, confident in their leadership skill, skills, but they want to know what sort of the newest thing is? They want to be on the cutting edge. So I would think about that and, and, and apply that to your messaging so you can get a little more specific. You don't want to fall into the trap of my newsletter is just going to share sort of generally interesting stuff about leadership, right? You really want to play up the transfer, the transformative part. So you need to think about not just who they are, but where they are sort of from an emotional or psychographic standpoint and how your newsletter helps them make that transformation. That will help you convert more of them. My other recommendation is I think in general, monthly is hard to grow. That I think you want to go more frequently. Um, I recommend, I usually recommend at least twice a month, ideally weekly, but at least twice a month. Uh, Because I think it's hard, you pretty much can't become, you want to become a habit for readers. And you can't do that if they're only getting it once a month. That also means in terms of word of mouth and sharing and all that other stuff, you only have 12 shots a year for people to spread the word. That's not, that's not a lot. Not that it can't work, but if your goal is growth, I think you want to go a little more frequently than that. Um, the other thing I would say is, have you done or explored any types of like cross promotions with other newsletters or podcasts or people who have that audience? I, I haven't, um, but I certainly could. And, and, and I've thought recently about the way in which I might position uh, that kind of cross promotion, you know, whether it's just, you know, asking for people, if people to be guest, um, on my newsletter or, you know, sort of other ways in which I can sort of look for collaboration. Cause I do see that as a possible growth, uh, strategy. Yeah. The quickest, the quickest way to grow for free is to let, to tap into and leverage other people who have a relationship with your audience um and so that can you can again like there's different ways to do that whether that's a cross promotion or whether you know whatever that is that's the quickest way i mean even somebody that had like so you have 300 subscribers even someone with a newsletter that had 100 subscribers that were your people they could in one email that references you send you a bunch of new subscribers totally so that i would actually i would make a list i think good i think to do is sit down See if you can come up with a list of 100 people or sources of, that have some sort of relationship with your audience and then just go down the list and be like, all right, how can I get in front of those people, right? Who can I do a cross promotion with? Who could I be a guest on their show? Who could I interview that then they would share with their audience? You know, if some of them offer ads, you know, and you have budget, you know, who could I pay to get in front of their audience? Like, that's where in terms of like speed of growth that I think in general, aside from like big ad campaigns and other stuff that involves a bunch of money, that's sort of the quickest, easiest way to grow. I think. Not well, easy, thank but thank you both. Thank you so, very much. 
and when Josh shares a, a link to your newsletter, that's called the Spectre Effect, and it's amazing. <laughs> Apparently, it's that's the fastest way I've grown my newsletter is just letting Josh keep posting links in his newsletter to my content. There you go. Um, I'll second that one. <laughs> Dylan, do you have anything to add to that? Because, I mean, again, you just wrote a whole five-day free email series. So if anyone's listening, you should go get that um, about growing your newsletter. So what do you have to add? Yeah. And then I'm going to uh, get to our next question up here as well. I, I was I was going to, um, if Josh didn't mention, I was going to say the once-a-month newsletter. Uh, I agree. I think that would be, for me, that would be a, that'd be a heavy lift to try to get that to grow. Um, so, you know, considering doing a bi-weekly or like, in other words, twice a week, uh, every other week, or a weekly newsletter, if that, if you had capacity for it, um, is just that much. It's just so much easier. I, I would think not easier to produce because it's more work, but easier to grow and, and build momentum. And I think that's one of the most important things for me when I'm creating, starting a project and I'm trying to grow a project is the momentum. Because as soon as the momentum really starts to fade, so does my interest and my desire to really do it. So. Um, that was kind of going to be one of my main points was just keeping uh, increasing the rhythm or consistency of the newsletter. And then um, I think Josh nailed kind of the rest of it on the head. Cross promotions are huge um, and getting, you know, in front of other people's audiences are kind of the two biggest ways that I have used to grow. But also uh, one thing that, you know, a lot of people are share are scared to do and it's just promoting your newsletter um, on the platforms you're using. And yeah, you might, tweet into the void and nobody engages with your newsletter tweet um, promoting it. But if you're clever about it and you're able to promote your newsletter in a way that isn't necessarily directly, um, obviously promoting your newsletter, um, Josh is really good at this. Uh, I've seen other people who are really good at this. Uh, Justin Welsh is great at, at doing this as well with his newsletter where you, you basically tweet out um, information that's going to be in your newsletter, get people kind of baited to some degree, hooked or interested in the content you're sharing and then you just finish it off with uh, um, basically a, a call to action of subscribing to your newsletter to get, you know, all of the information or, or the, the answer to um, the information that you're sharing. So I think we need to be less weary about self-promotion because I think if you're not going to promote your newsletter, nobody is. So um, that's kind of uh, another, um, another tactic I think a lot of people need to leverage a little bit more often. Yeah, I would just jump in with one other suggestion. I agree with everything Dylan just said. Karen, just looking at your Twitter profile, if I look at your bio, I have no idea you have a newsletter. I know that you have the newsletter sign up below the, the automated review one or whatever, but your bio says nothing about a newsletter. I don't know how you can help me. I don't know that it's a priority. So the sign up form below makes it look a little bit like an afterthought. Totally. Um, you know, I, I have the link there. I've got it embedded in through review, but you're right. Uh, I don't talk about it. I would leave, like, I, and again, obviously different people have different goals and you're obviously, this is one thing you're doing. It's not the only thing you're doing. Right. But if it is a, if it is a priority for you, like if you look at my, uh, my bio, it's all about like get people to get on my newsletter. I don't even think I referenced that I'm a consultant, to be honest. Super helpful. Yep. You just want to make sure you want people to, you want people to not be able to miss it. <laughs> yeah, right. So, very, very yeah. cool. And Dylan stole my answer. That was to promote it when you send it out, because if you're only sending it to the people who are already on your newsletter, 
you're not doing enough to add new people every time that you've got this new content coming out. So highly recommend that as well. All right, Conan, we've got you here as well. What question do you have for us? Hey, everyone. Um, I just kind of like piggyback on this conversation here about um, you know, cross-posting with other creators. I was just wondering um, how exactly would you recommend going about that? So I just a little background about my thing. Um, I run a history newsletter. I talk about like things in history that many people don't know about. I launched about less than two weeks ago. I post um, weekly, but I plan to post bi-weekly soon. But I was wondering, um, I do want to get in front of other creators and have them you know, cross-post, promote my content. But what, what features of my newsletter do I have? Like, What benefits can I express to those creators that will make them you know, promote my stuff? Dylan, let's hear it, man. <laughs> hey, sorry about that. I had to find my unmute button. Um, so, sorry, I, I just caught, I, my, I glitched in and out there for a second. You said you have, um, you're looking at cross-promoting and you want to basically have a good pitch for why people would be interested in doing a cross-promotion for your newsletter. Is that is that correct? Exactly, yeah. Because, you know, I'm pretty new. I haven't done too much yet. So, you know, I want to grow my audience and I'm wondering, you know, what, what, what features could I um, express to them? What benefits? Um, so, so what I, what I typically, I'll, t I'll just explain what I do and see if this resonates at all, is I like to um, basically share the audience with the person I'm cross, you know, the reach out that I'm doing the outreach to the person I want to cross promote to um, or with. I tell them the audience my newsletter hits. I tell them why I think it would be a good fit for, you know, us to do a cross promotion. Obviously, if there is no fit, like there's no complimentary audience or overlap, then maybe it might not be a good idea to do the outreach. But if you find somebody in uh, or newsletters in that similar niche or complementary niche, then by all means, it's a good idea. So I would explain to them why um, it is, uh, why you believe it would work. Um, explain a little bit about your the size of your newsletter, but that doesn't always matter. I think what matters more is um, kind of your vision for your newsletter and where you're going and how often you um, are publishing it. So, you know, I would definitely in include all of that information as well. Um, open rates, click rates can, can matter to some people. They might not matter to others, but um, I, I would include that if you have it. And then I think, I think the, the other thing that, that I, I made the mistake of when I was starting out was I tried to getting cross promotions with newsletters that were just way bigger than mine, like 10x, um, 10x more subscribers, bigger lists. And I, I, that can work. And, you know, people like Josh are very supportive of my newsletter at the start and still is, um, despite him having, you know, 100x the subscribers I had. And he still shared some of my stuff, but not everybody is necessarily willing to do that. So I think if you want to kind of play within a similar sandbox, um, you're probably going to have a, a better chance. And I think, Dylan, if I'm not mistaken, you just shared a bunch of um, links and resources in your free series where you're, you can go find newsletters, you can go connect with people, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, newsletter marketplaces. I also included some, uh, I think, an example of some podcasts where you can you know, get on other people's podcasts, which isn't quite the same, but it's still, you know, it's still some promotion for sure. Yeah. Brilliant. 
Okay, well, Dylan, I know you've got a hard out at in about 10 minutes. So I have one more question for all of us here. If anyone else has a question, like I can stick around for a little longer as well. So I don't want to cut people off. But <clears throat> this this was something else that came up um, just as I was you know, putting my book out there over the last month and was sponsoring newsletters. Unfortunately, Josh, yours was all booked out until like June or something. Um, That's but, not unfortunate. I know the question. Well, but you did help me out because uh, you put a link and we did this cross promotion. So that's where my question comes from. Um, you posted, Josh, about, you know, how your link clicks are like 10 to 14 percent of the people reading are clicking on your links. And my response was, well, mine's about 2 percent or less on my newsletter. So maybe both of you could talk strategically about. Because you want the link clicks to be high if you're selling ad spots and you want people to click on those links. So what are some strategic things that you've done over the course of building your newsletters where you've been able to increase that link click rate? You want me to take that one? Yeah, Josh, you have, you're the, the master of this. So you take this one. So I, let me preface this by saying I completely stumbled into gold. Like, I'd like to say this was some master plan, but it's not remotely what it was. So when I, uh, initially my newsletter was a weekly newsletter. It came out on Sundays. Uh, it included basically like five short summaries and links to stuff. And then in my ad section, I had just very simple, single, li single line text ad, classified ads. Uh, and they did okay. Like, they did fine. They would get, you know... I forget what the average was, but, you know, I had like 18,000 subscribers, about 10,000 people open each issue. And those ads would probably, a really great ad would get maybe 100 or so clicks. They pro On average, they were probably 50 or 60 clicks. Um, as a side project, I started a separate newsletter, which was originally called The Daily Graph. And the idea was it was a one paragraph daily newsletter, which basically sometimes was even only just a sentence. It was like a sentence and a link, a couple sentences and a link, and that was it. Uh, no ads in that initially. Then that worked really well. People really liked that format. And I decided to combine it with my main newsletter. So now for the interested is a Sunday edition, like it's always been, and then a weekday one paragraph edition. The ads, I decided to, when people bought an ad, they would get the, the Sunday ad and they would also be the sole sponsor of one of the weekday issues. The weekday issues are the ones that are driving massive clicks. Uh, there are a couple reasons, both, both massive clicks of the content and the one ad that's in there. The reason is, I, like, so for example, I get more clicks and the one link in a weekday issue, then I get in all the links combined in my Sunday issue. And that, that goes for ads and content. Uh, short, not a lot of choices. Uh, it just drives way more traction. And so for some of the cross promotions I've done, that's how I've been able to drive so much traffic to people because I used to do cross promotions in my Sunday issue and it wouldn't, you know, it would be okay. Like it would send 50, 60 people. Now I do cross promotions in my weekday issues 
and it'll drive like thousand. Um, so I think, you know, the format that I've sort of stumbled into has made the ads way more valuable. The other thing is the ads in the weekday edition, I write the copy for. So maybe that helps. Uh, I don't mislead people, but I do write them in a way to generate curiosity. So for example, I don't actually reference the brand or the product usually. So let me look at an example. Let me see like what I sent today. Um, and I'm going to just quickly jump in that like this a hundred percent works. You put a link to one of my blog posts, which is a chapter of my book last week. I'm looking at the stats right now. My average daily views are, or average daily visitors are 15 to call it 50 people on May 3rd, you put a link to my thing and I had 1200 visitors that day and 300 the next day and added 50 to 60 new newsletter subscribers. And so you're not lying when you say this, like uh, this is a week ago that this happened. Yeah. So for example, well, let me do yesterday's actually. So yesterday, uh, hold on, where is it? So yesterday, I actually did a cross promotion with Alex Lull's newsletter, which is called the Steel Club, which is good. I should also add, when I do these cross promotions, like I'm only doing it with stuff that I think my genuine, my audience will genuinely like and is relevant to them. That's the other thing. I'm not forcing stuff in here that's not relevant. Um, but so for Alex, I included a link to an issue of his newsletter called the follow. The issue was about this thing called the follower funnel. 1,200 people click that link. And then I said, oh, by the way, all, he's also got a great newsletter called The Steel Club. 430 people click that link. And he's had, I think, almost 200 new subscribers from it. Um, the ad in that issue uh, was for Send in Blue and a, a free ebook they have. And basically the ad copy was just today's email is sponsored by a free guide to email marketing best practices. So I didn't say Send in Blue. I didn't say, I just said, Hey, it's a free guard guide to email marketing best practices. And you know, that drove about, they've been advertising with me for a while. That drove about like 200 clicks. Uh, I don't know conversions on their end, but they keep rebuying. So I'm guessing whatever the conversions are, are enough that it's been worth their while. Um, so that is for me, that's what's driving all, all the clicks, right? That format, that weekday format, that there's not a lot, you know, the combination of it's very short, it's very simple, leads to high open rates. Uh, the way that the ads and the, and the content in general is written leads to clicks. It's relevant. And honestly, it's trust with an audience, right? People mm-hmm. have come to trust that the stuff that I'm sharing, even the ads, is, you know, going to be relevant or valuable. Otherwise, they'd stop clicking them. Yeah. When it helps to know that, you know, you've been at this for a number of years. Dylan's been at this for two years. I've been at this for a number of years um, and more consistently just over the last six months or so. And so a lot of this stuff takes time. So if you're thinking, man, I'm, I'm not at a thousand or fifteen hundred or eighteen thousand followers, that doesn't happen overnight unless you're using some weird growth hack. And it's probably not going to get you the kind of audience or engagement you want either. So, Dylan, um, let us know, like, with the two, three minutes you have left, 
where can people find you? Where, where should people go to check out your content and your newsletter? Let's uh, give people what they came here for. Yeah, for sure. Um, thanks, Darren, for hosting me. I just I shared a tweet up in uh, from May fourth up in the tweet nest or whatever you want to call that above the space here. Um, that was kind of the the tweet I used to launch the one KS roadmap, the one thousand subscriber roadmap. So that's the free email course I've been referencing and Darren's referenced a few times. So if you want to check it out, uh, just reply to that. Uh, tweet up there with a zap emoji or you could just dm me asking for a link or maybe even easier you can go to growthcurrency.net slash 1ks hyphen roadmap maybe that's not easier i don't know but um really check out my twitter profile just about everything you need to connect with me is there amazing amazing um josh thank you as well i'll plug your your newsletter as well because as i said about dylan's yours is the other like i maybe have five newsletters i allow into my inbox and read religiously on a weekly basis and i'm floored that like a year later or so i'm still reading your daily one because even like seth's seth godin's blog i don't even read that every day anymore i'm like oh there's seth again he's fine you know but with yours i know it's gonna be super valuable because you've really honed in on who your newsletter is for and how you help them and that transformation that you talked about earlier um is there anything else you'd like to plug though while we've got you here uh no so <clears throat> for the interested.com slash subscribe is where people can get it i do have a, a paid product called skill sessions which are basically one hour video workshops that i do on specific topics and ironically the next one is going to be called the is the newsletter booster and it's basically a system to grow to get more subscribers in five minutes a day uh so that one's going to be on may 23rd so if people go to joshspector.com slash sessions uh, you can sign up for that. And when you do, you not only would get to go to that one, you would get uh, the first two that I've already done and you get the next uh, six that I'm planning over the coming year. So people seem to like it. If you're interested in newsletters, you might uh, want to check that out as well. What a deal. And uh, just to support that, like you are one of my favorite educators on Twitter. Like you do these amazing tweets where you're like, let's do this right now. I want to solve this problem for you or tell me a problem you have about this part of your business. And then like you literally are doing it in real time in a tweet thread back and forth with somebody and it's extremely valuable. So if you're on this space and you're not following Dylan or Josh, please remedy that before we end this calls because you want them in your timeline hundred um, well, percent. Thank you. Of course. Of course. Thank you all for being here. I'm just going to quickly, um, plug my stuff as well. Um, I do have these conversations with people uh, on a, generally on a weekly basis. Um, so follow me because these spaces are super fun and we go deep with people and we get technical and tactical and we try to make it so that it's something you can apply directly to your creative business right off the call. Um, that's really what all of my content has been about over the last year or so. It's aimed to help creators who desire to grow a business around their creative work so they can do it full-time for the rest of their life. So I care about helping people create successful, resilient, profitable, creative businesses. Um, so I have a new book that's out. You can actually read it for free on my website. Just go to blog.craftsmancreative.co. And if you like the newsletter thing, I have a free 
five-day email series called mastertheCreatoreconomy.com. So you can sign up there. It's, a, it's basically a summary of the things I talk about in my book, um, but it's delivered over email, and it's getting really, really good response. It has about an 85% open rate, and that's where I love sending people to because it's a way for me to get to know you and learn about your business, and then I can help you more from there. So thank you, Dylan. This has been awesome, and Josh, so glad that we were able to connect here and we got to do one of these coming up soon. I'll message you about that. Thank you all for being here and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks.